everybody and welcome to part two of our Mandalorian series. I'm your host Pappy and tonight we're covering chapters three and chapters four. We're going to jump right into it because we've got a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline and a busy night behind the scenes. But let's start off with kind of the guys introducing themselves with a couple questions. Uh, Corey, our newest full-time member of Spoilers, Kylo Ren memes. Welcome uh, to your first full-time episode. Oh, thank you very much for having me. On a Star Wars episode. Let's go. Oh, wow. wow. Perfect. Yeah, you can call me Corey the intern for now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, it's an boy. endless summer for you, Corey, but let's jump right in. <laughs> These first two chapters, Corey, I feel like everything is signaling this is kind of a return to old school TV. Like, it kind of reminds me of House or X-Files or something where, the, where there is a serialized plot going on, but it's really kind of an adventure of the week. Have, have you picked up on that so far with Mandalorian, and how do you feel about it? Uh, I've never watched those shows specifically. I mean, to me, it feels like some kind of old-timey western that maybe I've never seen. But, you know, there's a lot of callbacks to the original series. Um, I mean, I'd probably agree with you if I knew a bit more about that topic. Yeah, it's just kind of, I don't know, like, it, it's not Game of Thrones, Josh. You know what I mean? Where it's there's not kind of... Uh, overall story kind of like every time so for example for this episode three it starts with the mandalorian and baby yoda coming to a planet and it ends with the mandalorian and baby yoda leaving a planet i picked that up from the very beginning almost each episode is almost like a bottle on that planet and i really like that part about it but the other thing i'll add to that too pap is that i told you guys this in the thread and even people at work and stuff is that episode three is what i thought was finale material and the clip at which this show is moving the plot along is kind of astounding and yeah i thought that um his decision to collect on the bounty of baby yoda or not and that fallout of the choice was going to be like the very last thing we see here and to have that just come right at me was a welcome surprise i think you thought we were going to abandon baby yoda for like four episodes Oh, no. Dude, come on. That's the moneymaker. Okay, so I heard from, like, three people before I saw episode four, like, these cryptic statements that I th- I interpreted in my brain as Baby Yoda is dying in episode four. Because <laughs> I was like, Disney made these months ago, years ago, wrote these a long time ago, and so, like, maybe they didn't know to, like, Baby Yoda was going to be the most popular thing on the internet in the last ten years when they are doing that. You know what I mean? Like, maybe they didn't know what they had, and they killed him off in episode four or five. Like, who's to say? Well, so what did you think he was going to be doing for that time? Well, the, what did you think the Mando was going to be the doing? The show's not called The Child. It should be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the baby. I mean, they're going to kill him off at the end, right? They got to wait. <laughs> they got to shoot him. He's going to explode into 50 more baby Yodas, each one collectible in a different <laughs> color that you can order online. But this, uh, I, I do want to touch a little bit on chapter three, the sin. Uh, we talked about Mando abandons baby Yoda. Then he goes and rescues baby Yoda. And now they're kind of got all of the bounty hunters in the galaxy after him. But we talked about on the last episode, Mikey, the use of 
of montage. And I, I thought one of the most significant kind of developments in this episode was insight into Mandalorian lore uh, and he upgrades his armor. I guess, first of all, Mikey, how pumped were you as Mando got his new upgraded armor suit? No, 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 no. This is what I thought was going to be more of an end game thing like Josh was thinking. Uh, I thought that was going to be kind of like the final episode is he finally gets all of his armor upgraded and stuff but that was episode three i thought it was awesome though exactly uh, mikey and they referenced the siget that you talked about in our last episode <laughs> <Siget>. <laughs> yeah uh she uh the armor lady she offers him uh the siget of getting the yak thing or whatever i forgot the name of the, <laughs> the mud horn the animal but he's like i can't Water do it horse. because uh, i it wasn't a noble kill because uh the baby protected me he didn't say that but it's kind of hilarious that he's like now top dog and he still doesn't feel like he's worthy of it. So it's, he's pretty noble. He's a pretty noble guy. So you can kind of tell that he's going to go back and save mm-hmm. this baby. And Corey, I just want to come back to you real quick. Cause I think he might be the best keeper of star Wars. Oh, no. lore. Was there anything about <laughs> the Mandalorians that you, I guess that learned, learned in this episode or ran contrary to what you knew? I'm, I'm going in this totally fresh. I'm a very green on star Wars. I mean, I'm definitely a big Star Wars fan, but I don't do a whole lot of reading into the expanded universe. I think I'm kind of like you. I'm going off what they told us. And I mean, what they told us is that there's a couple key points. The Mandalorians hate the Empire, which has just fallen a few years back. And um, uh, there was something else that slipped my mind. They had their like metal or something. Right. Yeah, th- that's right. The best car. Th- that is one of the few things I did look into, actually. So that came from the original Mandalore planet. It was like one of the core resources of the planet, apparently. So that's why they say like best car belongs in the hands of Mandalorians at some point. And something that we talked about in the previous episode was why Mando would have his connection with this baby. And, and it kind of touches on that he was a foundling uh, and that he was kind of taken in by the Mandalorians. And in that montage that we talked about, we, we see some flashbacks uh, from his past. But Stevie, this is uh, to bring you in here. Sorry for that delay. But no problem. This is a very Stevie question. Mando drops off Baby Yoda with uh, Warner Herzog and some doctor guy. Uh, what do you think they want with Baby Yoda? Do you have any Stevie theories for us? <sighs> Great Stevie question. Man, it's so strange to me because, like, that doctor's, like, pleading with Mando. Like, I'm the only reason he's still alive. You know, they want to... Are they trying to, like... The only thing I can think of is they're trying to draw from its power or learn... Like, I guess to say, learn how powerful this being truly is. Because how can we monetize this guy? Exactly. <laughs> oh, no. oh man. That's like a thing of Bob Iger. Maybe try to uh, draw like on its power or see. I guess you could say. I mean, learn more about it because there has to be something about this species that we don't know about. They want to take his midichlorians and turn them into Funko Pops. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, there is a part, it's like a throwaway line, Werner Herzog briefly says, and I almost missed it, he says, uh, extract the necessary material. He says that to the doctor oh. right after they get the child. That's, mm. so that's gross. Maybe they are trying to get midichlorians, who knows? It could be super complex about the force on one hand, or it could be like really crudimentary, like taking the ivory out of a rhino mm. for like exotic material it's kind of hard to tell that's kind of what's cool about it and it it feels like the what the way the show's gonna dole out this information is kind of 
excuse me, like I touched on the top, where it's going to be a little bit of adventure of the week, learning a little bit more about either Mandalorian culture or Baby Yoda culture. But uh, there's kind of a final battle here as uh, Mando fights his way out. Uh, Stevie, did anything stand out to you in this final battle uh, with uh, Apollo Creed uh, and everything? (laughs) Or also known as Carl Weathers on Arrested Development. Um, Exactly. (laughs) Something, something soup. (laughs) Stew. I um, really, really enjoyed how he came back for Baby Yoda and kind of like going pretty much willing to die at that point to protect Baby Yoda. And I also loved how all the Mandalorians came, I guess you could say, came out of nowhere really at the very end to save him. I just thought it was a really well done action scene. And yeah, I enjoyed watching it. Like you guys said earlier, the great thing about the Mandalorian is the Mandalorian's a badass. He's kind of like Superman. Like he, we all know he's a powerful being. He's super badass. He's not going to lose. So let's put the stakes in other characters throughout each episode. And I feel like they put all the stakes in the world on baby Yoda at this point. It was great fun. To me, it felt kind of like a uh, world war two. I don't know if this happens in like saving private Ryan where like a sniper is like hold up and he's like completely surrounded and he's just shooting his way out. That's what it felt like to me. It kind of felt like a World War II a little bit. And the part with the droid where he's like, drive, and the droid screams that he doesn't want to, and then (laughs) (laughs) he's like held hostage, so he drives. It's kind of hilarious. I forget, Josh, did you say something in the thread? Did you not like the, I gotta get one of those line with all the Mandos? Or or did you like that? I forget if you had a stance on that. Maybe I'm making that up. (laughs) No, I don't think that was me that commented on that. But I think seeing all of them show up like that, again, felt like something that would happen in a season finale. And I'm not saying that in a complainy way. It's just how quick this show's moving along. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and just to keep this podcast moving along, just a couple other quick notes on that final battle. I really like this, the planting and payoff in this episode. Like, he gets these whistling birds, and they're like, the, the video game tutorial says, only use these sparingly. And then he uses them to, like, great success at the end. And then... Uh, uh, he, what's his name? Apollo Creed puts the metal in his front <laughs> pocket, and Mando shoots him right in the front pocket, so that way he doesn't die. I thought that was a nice little, nice little touch. That does happen in the Ballad of Josie Wales, I believe, or some western like that, like the exact same. Well, thing. they clearly got it from Problem Child. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, that episode was directed by Deborah Chow, who will be directing the Obi Wan Kenobi show. But this ep- uh, chapter four, Ooh. Sanctuary, was, was directed by Spoiler's favorite Bryce Dower- Dallas Howard. Uh, mm-hmm. Corey, this is uh, a classic story from uh, Bugs Life to Three Amigos to Magnificent Seven to Seven Samurai. Can you kind of give us a little overview of what this adventure of the week is? Yeah, so Mandalorian, he's on the run, little baby Yoda. Uh, They decide to go hide out on this like remote, I assume, outer rim planet. And I mean, one thing kind of leads to another while there, and eventually he meets another mercenary, and they're uh, defending some locals that are being attacked by raiders. And you were mentioning that this has been done in like some other shows and movies. To me, it reminded me of um, an episode of Firefly, Heart of Gold. Did you guys ever watch that? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. Basically the same thing. But yeah, so on this planet, they got to defend these uh, local villagers against some raiders that are... Uh, I looked it up. They're Klaatuinians. 
dog face guys. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Josh, uh, the reason that we're going to kind of keep this podcast really bite-sized is because we're recording two Lord of the Rings podcasts tonight. But having just rewatched part of The Fellowship, did you get some Urukai vibes off those off those people? <laughs> That's a really interesting point. I mean, these guys coming out of the woods are definitely orcish. They're kind of like not quite human, like half human, half pig, half ape. Or that sounds something. about right with the Urukai. Uh, and they like to raid. And uh, unlike the orcs, though, these guys in the show know how to blue how to brew their own neon LSD beer. <laughs> <laughs> Looks really interesting. Apparently, you can drink it for sport and recreation, or you can melt your face in it (laughs) 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 and just die. Well, we talked about kind of the production value too. And Mikey, that last kind of final battle with the ATST and the explosions and stuff, did anything kind of stand out to you uh, with when the the village is learning to defend itself? Yeah, I thought uh, this ATST is probably the best it's ever looked in the franchise uh, when it's chasing it, chasing... uh, Gina Carano and Mando through the forest. It looks awesome. I kind of wish there was a little bit more of that. But uh, then it uh, just kind of stops and starts tearing them apart from like across the field. So that's kind of interesting. The whole plan is to like kind of push it into this big ditch and kind of drown it. So the plan kind of goes sideways and they got to take it into their own hands after that. This ATST seemed kind of extra sentient, like it almost dunks its foot in the water, and it's like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) Testing the temperature. (laughs) But yeah, I I thought that the red eyes on the ATST were like a really cool, really cool detail. Um, Like I said, it's kind of like an old story, but it's a good story of of kind of the village enabling itself, almost a 36th Chamber of Shaolin-esque. I like how they treated the vehicle as like, uh, they only had one of them, and it was like a scary creature. It was like a mythologized little piece of the old empire. It was pretty well done. Mm-hmm. You know what you need to defeat those, really? Ewoks. <laughs> <laughs> That's what... I don't understand why, now that it's become like kind of this, like... I don't know, it's almost like from the fallout of the Soviet Union when groups get their hands on all those weapons. Like, this somehow rebel group is like, souped it up, but it seems to be more powerful now than it was in Jedi... Corey, did you did you get that vibe at all, or is that just is that just me? I think it felt more daunting because it was uh, going up against a bunch of villagers and people that didn't have like the heavy ammunition that the Rebel Alliance had in Return of the Jedi. It also reminded me of um, I think it's like one of the first bosses in Shadows of the Empire on N64, and it, I mean it's pretty tough in that game too if you're just like one person up against it. Yeah, I was thinking of Jurassic Park when it was chasing them through the forest. I was like, that looks pretty similar. Interesting. All right, and last but not least, Stevie, I, I think we talked about this off air, but this feels like the cutest Baby Yoda episode. Like, they're just going the all memes. out. The memes! The memes! <laughs> were there any memes that stood out to you? Okay, so I've been sending you, I think you and Josh, that coffee meme regularly, where he's just, like, standing there watching them fight, and he's holding that soup. Mm-hmm. And he's like just staring at them. That meme is fantastic. And also, um, I've been seeing this video everywhere of just, um, I think you sent it to me uh, first, Pap, where he flips the switch and instead of 
you know, whatever goes on in the show, it turns into whatever song you want to. And the Get Low by Lil John and the Eastside Boys video is by far and away my favorite. <laughs> it feels like Disney definitely knew what they were doing when they included those Did they scenes. know Baby Yoda was going to take off like this? Dude, when he presses the button without looking at it, that is so calculated. They knew exactly what they did. That's so that's physical comedy. Right there. That's hilarious. Yeah, and and I think, you know, for an investment like they put into this show and to build their own streaming service, uh, I think that the capital that they get from awareness of Baby Yoda memes being like probably the hottest meme on the internet is like invaluable to them. They can't even put a price on put a price on that. But those are all the notes I had. Did you guys have anything else uh, from chapters three or four that you wanted to talk about? Or are you ready for a yes or no's? I had a quick note in chapter three. I know I keep saying a lot of things remind me of other things, but I got another one. Um, in chapter three, uh, after the Mandalorian rescues Baby Yoda, he starts getting followed by the other bounty hunters. And I really like the buildup right there, but um, definitely reminded me of John Wick. And he is kind of the John Wick of that group, ain't he? Yeah. <laughs> ain't he? <laughs> That's a good point, Corey. That does remind me of John Wick. Like, when you're talking about, like, in the alleyways, and they're kind of following them side by side? Yeah, like, when the bounty is up on John Wick, and everyone starts kind of, yeah, following him down. I think it's chapter three, right? That, uh, that's that's chapter three, and that starts in chapter two a little bit, too, where it's, like, it can come from any point. Yeah, that's a good point. In all seriousness, though, with Corey and your deep, deep lore of Star Wars, one of the <laughs> oh, questions, no. anytime I bring this up, and I guess to open this up to the whole group, but... Anytime I'm talking about this show with any group of people, the question of where does this lie within the Star Wars universe time-wise comes up. Um, do you have any definitive answers for that? I believe it's a few years after um, Return of the Jedi. A few years after. And actually, one of the, the many places we host this podcast, uh, SoundCloud, we have a Star Wars uh, playlist on there. And I've tried to keep the episodes in chronological order in the universe. So I've been sticking these in between uh, <laughs> Attack of the Clones and... It's canon! <laughs> Attack of the Clones and uh, The Force Awakens. But let's go ahead and jump into it. Like I said, we're keeping this short because we got so much good content coming down the line. I'll go ahead and go first and give this a yes. Um, I, like kind of like I talked about off the top, I'm excited by this prospect of a show that's not really, you know, like Watchmen or Game of Thrones or that's that's trying to tell this giant story that's advancing episode by episode. We're getting just enough details mm-hmm. in each one. Uh, but the adventure of the week aspect is, is really exciting to me. I feel like we haven't had a great show that's trying to do that in a long time. And I really appreciate the the references to, to Kurosawa and film Twitter kind of lost its mind this past week. Is it based on Samurai or is it based on Western? And the real answer is, you know, it's pulling from both, but I really like what it's doing. I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Uh, newest member, Corey. Uh, give your yes or no for chapter three and four. Or if they're different, you could split them up. Oh, it's going to be a yes for both. I mean, I feel like we're going to probably all go this way, but I mean, it's just a really good show. It's it's really intriguing. It's a new take on Star Wars media as far as um, it not being related directly to the Skywalkers. And it's just a lot of fun. I enjoyed it a lot. Stevie, how about you? Um, yeah. When I first started watching the show after episode one, I really thought this kind of like other shows we've done in the past, either it would be Thrones or Watchmen, uh, more so of just kind of this overarching, you know, giant 
story, and I'm really a big fan of kind of like this tune in next week for the new adventures of. I think that's really exciting. It keeps it fresh. And you can really just tune into any episode and you're there. I mean, you don't have to worry about, you know, did I miss this storyline? You know, what does this mean? Did I miss this character? It's just, you're in the new, you're in the now. So hard, hard yeses for both episodes. Decent. And Mikey, you hosted uh, last week on chapters one and two. Uh, what say you for chapters three and four? It's a definite yes. Uh, I really like what Stevie said, that the stakes are like lower, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean anything. Um Every episode has some importance. Um, it's just nice that uh, it's not nearly as serious as what The Watchmen is doing or all of these other crazy high-budget shows. It's just a little more laid-back. Baby Yoda is hilarious. The music is still amazing <laughs> to listen to. I like everything about the show. It's it's really, really good. For the record, I'm a big fan of Baby Yoda, or for, of Watchmen and Baby Yoda, of course. But last but not least, <laughs> uh, our biggest fan of The Last Jedi, Josh, what do you give <gasps> to The Mandalorian? Uh, much like they say about the weather in Indiana, I think watch any given episode of this. If you don't like it, just give it an episode. It's going to be quite different. Like, we're in a huge shootout in one episode, and the next episode, we're like fishing for shrimp blue shrimp so <laughs> i kind of like that about the show see like cb said it keeps it fresh um it's a huge yes for me however i'll deliver a stern warning if they continue to dangle baby yoda by these tiny little heart strings <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna snap it was hard for me to enjoy the fourth episode because i thought he's gonna die the whole time and last but not least Mando was a foundling, but I feel like that doesn't work within the Star Wars universe because I'm pretty sure Anakin killed all the foundlings. In like five minutes. <laughs> he killed the younglings. <laughs> I know. I love that. Foundlings versus younglings. I love that. <laughs> uh, we're coming out with these episodes a little bit late, but maybe you can listen to it as a refresher before you check out episodes five and six. Uh, thanks for tuning in to us, and yeah, take it away. Spoiler then. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song.